Welcome everybody to Podcast Today for October 23rd, 2016. The second film in the DC Extended Universe with their needless E making things awkward to say is the the much anticipated Batman vs Superman which was released earlier this year and joining me on the show to talk about it once again is Robbie Fox. Hey, what's going on? Uh, you just said, you know, we, we talked about the, the E last week in the DCEU and it kind of made me think like the E at the end of my name, kind of useless. Well... Robbie without the E would look weird, though. Have you ever seen Robbie spelled just with an I? <laughs> no, but maybe maybe I'll kickstart that. Maybe I'll just drop the E. Well, you could probably drop the E out of Garrett as well. You could probably get away like Garrett, Garrett. <laughs> just go straight to yeah. the T's. Yeah, especially if you have an accent, yeah. then it'll just sound like you have an like any accent, because then it could just be like, oh, I guess that's an accent thing. Like they drop the E's. So basically, what, what, I mean? we're, what we're establishing is all vowels are useless. Yeah, pretty much. Unless you're on Wheel of Fortune. But even on Wheel of Fortune, you've got to buy them. It's yeah. not fair. Constants are... You can work out words on based on constants alone. We need to run the, the WWF Get the F Out campaign. For all of us. just, vowels. like, get the A out, get the E out, get the I out, you know. Just change your name to an unpronounceable Sometimes get the Y out. Because, <laughs> yeah, you can spell Robbie with a Y. Yeah. You could be a loser. Or, or you still need the O though. Yeah, yeah, the O you kind of need. The O is fairly essential to the structure of the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Batman. He's he's a man. He is. <laughs> he's a. He's he's a he's a great man. I, I'm going to start with something that has confused me every single time I've watched this film, which is three times now because I watched it when I saw it the first time. I watched it a couple of weeks ago and took notes. Then I lost those notes and watched it again to take notes again. <laughs> okay, what's confusing you? Because <laughs> I, there, I cannot guess in this movie what's confusing you because there's so many different things that could be confusing you. The very first scene, like every single time I watch this film, I'm like, is he Batman now? Why, why isn't he like saving the day in his, his Batmobile or his Batwing? Why is he just showing up as, as Bruce Wayne in a helicopter? Oh... I don't know how much I agree with you on that take. Oh, okay. Because Cause it's like every time I watch the, it's like, cause, and then I read like a synopsis afterwards and it's like, oh, he's been Batman for 20 years. It's like, okay. Yeah. So the beginning of this movie might be my favorite part of the whole movie. Is it because of the horse? The horse is electric. That's an electric appearance by the horse. But just the visual, like we talk in, you know, in on Wrestle Twitter. Um, we talk about a big fight feel for certain matches, and I feel like this like opening shot established a big fight feel for the rest of the movie. The score during the whole thing, and during this whole scene and the whole movie, the score might be my favorite part of the movie. Um, it's a it's Hans awesome Zimmer score, isn't it? Yeah, it's Hans Zimmer and someone else. It's a collaboration one. Um, Junkie XL but, is the second person. Yeah, yeah, Junkie XL. I knew it was a weird like. That's like. A millennial or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the visual of everyone in the city running away and, you know, a cloud of smoke coming out and Bruce Wayne running towards the smoke and running towards the danger. Like, I've seen this movie twice. It gave me chills both times. Like, that is the most Batman thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's almost all downhill from there in this movie. It is, and that actually would lead me into one of my other bigger problems with this film. It's so complicated. 
Yeah. It should not be that Needlessly. Difficult. Needlessly like it, complicated. As you said, the first shot of that film makes me, like, it gives them a reason to fight. Oh, yeah. And they, it's kind of it's kind of an apology for Man of Steel in a way. Like, yeah, I, I know that, like, Superman probably killed millions of people. But we're going to talk about it here. And we're going to make that the focal point of this movie. By killing millions of people again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, based on like that, those first like 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, Batman is angry that he trashed the city and killed some people that Batman knows. And, you know, that's the reason they want to fight. And then we spend another hour and a half coming up with like 15 other reasons they should want to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, don't make much progress during that time. Like that time could have been spent doing other things, but... It wasn't. <laughs> and and just just so the folks know, we're, we're actually reviewing, technically, the extended edition. Oh, yeah. We watched the extended edition, and we DM'd a little bit on Twitter um, last night. Neither of us really noticed a difference. No, like, I, I literally couldn't point to a scene where I'm like, I definitely remember that not being in the film, with the exception of Jon Stewart's very random cameo. Yeah, the Jon Stewart thing, I... I but even the Jon Stewart thing, I was like... Yeah, I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, the only thing, uh, KG Beast pushing the girl in front of the train. I don't know if that was in the original cut because I feel like I would have remembered that because it was so brutal. Yeah. But maybe I forgot it. Poor John Stewart is just like probably you know he's retired now. He's he's an old man. He's he he's fragile, and he probably went through an awful lot of work to film these scenes. And then it's like, sorry, John, you're out. Yeah, and it's like. I heard so much hype around the the extended cut. You know, critics were boosting their scores of the original and the extended. And it made me excited because, just like I said with Man of Steel, this isn't a good movie, but I enjoy it. Like, Batman vs. Superman is a bad movie. Like, it is actively terrible. But I enjoy it, and I was like, maybe the extended cut will... Like, make others see what I see. But it's the same movie. <laughs> like, there's no difference. None at all. It's not like, you know, the connecting threads make more sense. It's not like they make... The no, reason. and I feel like that's what people said, too. They were like, oh, it makes things make more sense. Not really. I- I'm still sitting here. It's like, why did they go to Africa? What What did that serve <laughs> yeah. for the plot? <laughs> it's, it's very strange. <laughs> And it's like the whole kryptonite, what, what was the white Portuguese or whatever the, the whole codename stuff was. It's like there's just so much in there. And it's like, why is all of this in this film? Yeah, and I feel like there was a lot of uh, a wasted, wasted uh, potential in this film. And we'll talk about that more when we talk about the third act, which is a mess. But they just, I mean, Marvel did it so well with an introduction of every superhero and then the eventual build up to the Avengers. And when the Avengers came out, that was the biggest movie in the world because it was like, we've spent so many years learning all these characters and now they're on screen together. And DC is like, uh, here's Superman. He likes to kill people. Uh, here's Superman and Batman together. They both like to kill people. Uh, Wonder Woman was around during world war one. And here's the justice league. You know, like, like Bat- Batman in this film comes across those, like, secret Justice League files? 
Yeah. <laughs> who, who, yeah. Who went through the trouble to create special little logos yeah, for each of they, the Justice Yeah, they put League an intern guys. on the job. So, like, it's not... In, in Man of Steel, something that we talked about on the Man of Steel podcast was kind of was kind of cool how they made the S logo. Not It's not an S, you know? It means hope and Krypton, which is cool. But it's like all of the other ones were made by someone in Adobe Illustrator because Lex Luthor put them on the job. Yeah, it's just like, I, I feel like I don't understand these superheroes, those these metahumans. Yeah. Logos, branding, it's branding problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy this guy just ran really fast. Let's make his logo a lightning bolt. Like, ooh, that's that's an interesting concept there. Thought long and hard about this one. Yeah. There's also a scene early in this film where Clark Kent turns to a fellow reporter and asks about Bruce Wayne, who's that guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? As if, as if the biggest, like... And another thing about this film is Metropolis and Gotham City are interchangeable, almost. Pretty like, much. Uh, you, you, you really don't know where you are. No, at no point we're definitely in Metropolis. Like, it would have benefited from almost what uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War had, where every time they were somewhere, we had a big text on the screen, like, Queens. It's like, okay, I understand where we are. And then in the end, we see that Metropolis and Gotham City are not where they usually are. Like D.C., I feel like Metropolis is Chicago, and uh, Gotham City is New York. And they're like halfway across the country. Yeah. Here, they're like a river away. Pretty much. It's just like, oh, no, we're destroying one. We have to go to the other. Even if like they shot them differently. You know, if Gotham was kind of grittier and darker, more Batman-like. and then... I don't know if you could get grittier and darker than this movie. Exactly. Like, you can't make Metropolis grittier. That should be brighter and happier. So at least when you look at them, one is grim and sad and one is kind of happy and hopeful. So you... Yeah, and the whole movie has that grainy filter over it. And it's... I, I get it. It's Zack Snyder. Like, he likes to make dark movies. But we're talking about Batman and Superman fighting. Like, have some fun, man. Yeah. And the, there's the whole, like, Congress subplot. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> how do we even – where do we start with this? Um, I guess the scene in the desert we got to talk about because – talk about wasted potential. Jimmy Olsen is introduced into this movie, a beloved character in the DC universe, a photographer that helps Lois Lane. He's introduced in a desert. He says, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Jimmy Olsen. And like three minutes later, he gets a bullet to the skull. It's shocking, isn't it? They should do- it is shocking. Uh, have you ever watched Smallville? I haven't, no. Here's Smallville spoilers for you. There's a Jimmy Olsen character in the Smallville for the whole series. And he's, he's killed off in like series seven. But then it turns out that his brother takes up his mantle and, and uh, you know, is actually the real Jimmy Olsen. Oh. So they might do, they might do that here where, where young Jimmy Olsen replaces him. They could. It just why? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like we're going to introduce this character people love and kill him instantly without you even getting to know him and care about him. Yeah, and this this scene in the desert might be the most confusing part of the whole movie. Yeah, I don't even know why it's in the movie. Well, I, I didn't I, really I, understand it the first time I saw it. I understand it a little more now, but it's the, still very hard to follow. Yeah, the idea is that like Superman is is acting, you know, 
by himself. He's going around the world killing people, doing whatever he likes. So that that feeds into the whole Congress thing where people don't trust trust Superman. But I'm pretty sure the like the aliens falling from the sky, Superman murdering millions of people, probably establishes that people don't trust Superman already. I don't think you need to double down on that. Yeah. <laughs> they they felt the need in this movie and with a scene where like a bunch of people die and they used a different kind of bullet with like metal and because other bullets apparently just aren't good enough at killing people efficiently yeah and the then Superman shows up like kind of too late not too late to save Lois but everyone else died like, yeah, it's way to go else. soups once Lois is okay he's fine and while it is a kind of cool introduction to seeing Superman in this movie other than the little flash in the beginning like when Superman the someone has Lois Lane hostage and says take one step and I'll shoot her and Superman like blasts him through a thousand walls it's like that's cool but also maybe explain some of this yeah why, we don't why, need why is Lois out we there? don't need like memento to introduce Clark Kent as Superman just have him save a plane or something that's we, we already had a, that's the Avengers idea like they didn't feel the need to tell you exactly who Captain America and Thor and Iron Man were because you know you saw the films yeah we already had a Man of Steel film. We didn't need to know who Superman was again. Yeah. And then after after this, we get the introduction to Batman, correct? Uh, yeah, like, we go not straight Bruce to... Not Bruce but now it's Batman. He, he is very angry in this film. He's very angry. And I understand that they're drawing a ton of inspiration from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, which is my favorite graphic novel of all time. And the double part uh, animated movie they made out of it, my favorite DC animated movie ever, uh, double part. But that's not the movie, that's not the Batman to make when you're introducing the Justice League. Like, that's the Batman you make after the Justice League is over. Yeah. That's, it's just... It seems so strange to me because I think Ben Affleck does an amazing job in this movie. And I said the score was my favorite part. Probably Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne Batman is my favorite part. You know what my favorite part of this film is? When it ended. Oh, well, yeah, part of that. <laughs> Alfred. Sassy yeah. Alfred is great. Yeah, Alfred is great. And the interactions between him and Bruce are great. Seeing Alfred build the cowl and put in a voice changer. Like, just that little explanation was cool. But... Why are we starting off the universe with a 45-year-old Batman? And like, I th- it would be interesting if it was a contrast to Superman. You know, Batman is kind of brooding and angry, and Superman is, again, bright and hopeful. But yeah. Superman is also brooding and angry. Everyone <laughs> is just brooding and angry. Yeah, doesn't seem like a fun world to live in. It's just like everyone is unhappy, and everyone wants to kill each other, and everyone just thinks the world is, like, the weight of the world is on their shoulders and waiting to slowly kill them. Yeah. So Batman is is branding criminals now. As you do. <laughs> no wonder Superman's like, eh, this guy's a bit unhinged, isn't he? Yeah. Like they zoom in on, what was it, like a slavery ring or something? There was like slaves? Yeah, and some then, of that. Slaves or prostitution or something or other. Yeah. Bunch of ladies. The guy was screaming and they show him and he's got the Batman logo branded into his chest. And they explain a little bit with, like, newspaper clippings and news, uh, actual, like, news reports in the movie. 
that it's basically a death sentence for prisoners. So it's like we hear, you know, all the time, like, if a prisoner is found, like in real life, if a prisoner is found out to have raped someone, like usually they'll like beat the hell out of them in prison, like near death. That is the bat symbol in the Zack Snyder universe. Like if you get a little bat symbol on you, like prisoners will beat you to death and in this movie, shank you. So like Batman's kind of doing the thing where he's like, not going to kill you directly. I'll let someone else do it. Which is good of him. But he's also killing people in this movie. <laughs> directly. Couldn't be more directive at it. Uh, everyone, Shoot. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everyone dies. That's the moral of the, the, the Schneiderverse. It's just like everyone yeah. dies. You know, they should play the Vince McMahon clip before every Zack Snyder movie where he says, life sucks. And then you die. <laughs> and then just like, intro. So while Batman is branding people and murdering them, uh, mass murder himself, Clark Kent, is worried about this. Yeah. And he... Is this when we get the uh, the meeting? Well, we do we do have him kind of pursuing Bruce. Batman as a journalist. And he goes to Perry White and it's like, I want to unveil the Batman. And Perry White's like, nah, go report in some sports. <laughs> yeah, he's like, go cover the high school football game, Clark. I didn't hire you to do do superhero stuff you're not a journalist go do puff pieces yeah clark you're leaving work early every single day i'm putting you on the high school game it's like lois is the one we send into great danger in africa to cover things you you just go watch some football yeah we get like a really risky scene where lois is in a bathtub indeed that was like kind of out of place it's as close as they get to being a real couple yeah and Superman has, like, really little lines in this movie. I don't know the number, but I remember seeing it posted before the movie came out. Like, Superman has X amount of lines. Being like, that's kind of weird. I wonder how they made a good movie with Superman speaking so little. And they didn't. Yeah, he basically stands there and stares most of the time. Yeah. And then we're introduced to the most... I hope this isn't too scatterbrained for people to follow because... This the, film is too scatterbrained yeah, listen, for Yeah, listen, listen, like... We're talking about this movie, and I'm sure it sounds like we're going, like, everywhere. We're kind of going in order. The editing of this movie is abysmal. <laughs> like, they're just cutting a... Oh, like we're here Batman, now. We're here Superman, now. Oh, Lois, Daily Planet, this some, Metropolis. This is a movie made for someone with ADHD. Like, yes. this is an ADHD superhero fan's movie. Even the three-hour version feels like it has yeah. ADHD. Didn't slow anything down. No. So, we're introduced to... Mark Zuckerberg Indeed. playing Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg playing <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor, kind of. It's, it's a bit of a ring there. I, I like Jesse Eisenberg as a general rule. So do I. But, and I kind of like him in this movie, but he's not playing the character that his name is next to in the credits. He's basically trying to do a, a low-rent Joker, it feels yeah. like. Almost a Jim Carrey Riddler at times. Yeah. It's just like, this isn't Lex Luthor. You're not, like, intimidating, really. He's not intimidating at all. And it, I saw it somewhere. Is he, technically, is he Lex Luthor or is he Lex Luthor Jr.? Um, he's officially listed as Lex Luthor. All right. Then I guess he is. I feel like some people were posting that he was Jr., in which case I was like, all right, I guess, like, you're going to do Lex Luthor's son. And it, it, he'll have the name Lex Luthor, but it won't be the same. Because they do, they do mention his dad a few times, so maybe yeah, yeah. But like Smallville introduced Lionel Luther, didn't they? 
as Lex Luthor's dad. I don't think Lex Luthor's dad was a character in the comics before Smallville were like, let's give him a dad. Yeah, so we're introduced to him. He's very strange. He is. He wants to get aboard the Kryptonian ship that is left in the middle of a city. Yep, that we talked about last time. It looks like a stadium with like lightning bolts coming out of it, and it's just ridiculous. It's like a Super Bowl halftime show in there. Yeah, and he invites. Then he invites Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne to his party. That's, That's his, where we go. His very long con to get them to start punching each other. He knows who both of them are, by the way. Yeah, Clark Kent doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is, but Lex Luthor knows the identities of Batman and Superman. Was that ever explained that he knows who both of them are? No, he just did. He just he just knows this. He's got well, he's got the files that Bruce had to get. So but, the party scene is actually, I think, pretty well done. Yeah, it is. Like, but I, like he, the, the, he has files. It would have made a lot more sense if he had files on Batman and Superman too. But he didn't. Yeah, he just he had the rest of the Justice League, and he he had the hot tip on who both of them were. Yeah, like but, someone someone emailed him and was like, by the way, Clark Kent. I saw him, and uh, you would be absolutely blind to not realize that he's Superman. <laughs> it, it is mind-blowing. You, me- you mentioned in the Man of Steel review that pretty much any time that film was kind of at least a little light and a little fun, it succeeded. Yeah. And I think the same thing is broadly true of this. Yeah, like the, 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 you know, the line that Batman has where he says, maybe it's the Gotham City in me, but we don't take well to freaks dressed as clowns. Yeah. Like, that's an awesome Bruce Wayne line. The line that Lex has when he sees Bruce and Clark talking, and he says, ooh, you do not want to pick a fight with this man talking about Superman. Yeah. Like, that's a great line. Even that whole scene where they're, they're at the party and, you know, they're schmoozing it up. It's like, it's fun. Yeah, and I wish there was more fun because fun is fun. And there's really, this movie is not. There's really not very much of it in this film. No, and they didn't do it in a way like the Dark Knight did it either, where the Dark Knight had plenty of fun scenes, but it was ultimately a serious movie that people took seriously. It got nominated for a few Oscars, and it was, in my opinion, my favorite movie of all time, the greatest superhero movie of all time. This is like trying to do it, but getting way too like My Chemical Romance goth face. Yeah. Did you watch the Logan trailer yesterday? I did, yeah. Like the, the thing I noticed about that trailer, like that trailer is very grim. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it like from a color palette standpoint, it's very kind of colorful and, and interesting to look at. Yeah. So it's just like, we're doing something that is, you know, that the world is ending. Wolverine is very sad. But, you know, it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, same could be said about like Mad Max. Like yeah. when you look at the actual plot of that movie, like that is a terrible, terrible world to live in. Yeah. The whole movie is pretty bright and colorful and fun. As opposed to, like, this world is terrible. It looks terrible to look at. Everyone hates each other. <laughs> it's very dark. People. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Alfred is guiding Bruce to Lex Luthor's uh, computer storage room. Which I'm pretty sure get... is what tips Superman off as to who Batman is. Yeah, he heard the radio signal. Which at least they explain that one. Radio signal, yeah. And he meets Wonder Woman. Just happens to wander by her, yeah. Yep. What are the odds? (laughs) It's a great coincidence that Wonder Woman, Bruce Wayne, and Clark Kent all at the same party. I think I think Gail Godot's a really good Wonder Woman. I think she's one of the better parts of this film. Yeah, I think she kinda steals every scene that she's in. 
especially the end. And she's got, I mean, the actual theme that goes with Wonder Woman is one of the better superhero themes. That is what will be find. used as the intro to this podcast. People will have heard it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm because like, what piece that's of music, awesome. What piece of music will I use to you know introduce this one? It's like Wonder Woman theme. Always yeah. Wonder Woman theme. Yeah, and it's also uh, when you look at the Superman theme, it's good. We talked about it in the Man of Steel podcast. I think it's a it's a good theme. Yeah. The Batman theme in this movie also very good. I don't really know what the Batman theme is. It reminds me of like the chant that they were doing in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But which was also I, I, I enjoy it, but it's kind of forgettable. Yeah, Zimmer, Zimmer like, did that too, didn't he? Yeah. Zimmer um, does all of these. <laughs> like the the Danny Elfman Batman theme for Batman and Batman Returns, very memorable. The Hans Zimmer one he did for the Dark Knight trilogy, very memorable. This one kind of forgettable. It's still good though. The Wonder Woman theme is fun. It's the brightest theme in the movie. Like, I can't hammer home enough. When this movie is fun... It's fun. They need to do more of that. And from the Justice League trailer, it looks like they're going to do more of that because that's almost entirely a comedy trailer. But, like, they keep on saying that, though, don't they? Yeah. Like, every single time they release one of these films, they're like, oh, we're going to make it a little more fun. We, we're listening to people. And then it's a dark, moody, angry thing. They made some progress with Suicide Squad, I think. Which I thought I mean, was really, it was really dark. But yeah, it's a, it's a little more fun. So where where are we now? So um, Bruce Wayne gets caught getting the like encrypted files by one of Clark or one of Lex Luthor's assistants and kind of distracts him for a minute and Diana steals the the I don't know what to call it like that hacker pack that yeah. Bruce Wayne put on the file because she doesn't want people knowing who she is. Yeah, and on that file is a picture of her from World War One, looking pretty much, you know, the same. She doesn't really age. I'd be like, oh, it's it's my gra- my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, my grandmother. That was me and a superhero in World War One. Yeah. Uh, and then we get we get some sweet Congress action. Exactly what you want out of Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Congressional hearings. Yep. Um, what, what would Congress do to Superman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like no. No. It's like, do you realize how many decades people have been like, who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman? Can you imagine seeing that one day? And we get it. And it's almost like, can you imagine if we got the backstory of Star Wars? And it was like, yes, there's a lot of trade routes involved. It's like, wait, what? No, 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 no. I want to see the lightsabers. It's like, oh, you want to see lightsabers? Here's 10,000 of them. It's like, no, 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 just two. Just two lightsabers. Hey, that, that 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 prequel actually that prequel trilogy having double sided lightsabers is my biggest problem with the Star Wars series. <laughs> because fair. no one afterwards has double sided lightsabers, and like if I saw a double sided lightsaber, I'd want a double sided lightsaber. Eh, I don't know if you would, because I I had the uh, I had all the lightsabers as a kid, including the double sided, and I almost never went with the double sided. It was a little heavier. Uh. I'm not a strong kid. So maybe maybe you would swap on that one. But they're cool. Oh. <laughs> they are pretty cool. But there's also a lot of things in the prequel trilogy that like look like a lot better technology than what is in the original trilogy. Well, well you can argue it got destroyed in the war. Which war? Well, the, the Star War. Well, hey, nailed it. 
So yeah, we have a, a political drama in the middle of our superheroes punching each other film. Yeah. So this is one of the darker scenes in the whole movie because we didn't even talk about the guy with no legs. All right, so there's this guy with no legs. When Superman fought Zod in Metropolis, a building fell on him. He had to get his legs amputated. His girlfriend left him or his wife left him or something, and he's depressed, and he like spray-painted false god on the Superman statue, which was yep. cool for the trailer not as cool in the movie. Yep, he is quite displeased at Superman. Yeah, and he meets with Lex Luthor, and Lex provides him a mechanical wheelchair to go into this meeting with Superman. And what is the <laughs> – what's the – like – fairy tale or something that Lex tells the congresswoman that kind of leads as a shock when she sees a cup of piss on her <laughs> desk yeah. in this scene. It, what, he says, like, my grandmother's apple juice or something? Something like that, yeah. I think it's, it, that was her story, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was her story. Or, I don't know. This is a very confusing movie. Superman is... They're going to talk about Superman in Congress. And there's a big discussion of, like, is Superman going to show up? And I think Lois said, don't show up. And he was like, I have to. And he shows up. The congresswoman, like, looks at a jar of piss that's, like, on her desk where her, I guess, water should be. And realizes that Lex has, like, done this scheme to get Superman in in that room. And the second she, like, realizes that... The no-legs guy wheelchair blows up, killing everyone in the room except Superman. Yeah. Do you think do you think he was waiting? It's like, has she noticed yet? Has she noticed yet? <laughs> yeah. And then when she's shocked, like, he hits it. That that scene is actually my biggest problem with this film. I don't really blame you. Because, like, this film, the, the core kind of central thesis of this film is, like, are superheroes worth the hassle? And, you know, are, are they a net good or a net con? And the, the, the whole thing is this, this deep philosophical musing on whether or not Superman is good for society. And, like, their answer to that question is, let's blow everybody up. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go into the Congress, if you're going to put us through that, give us a resolution there. Like, I At least give mind, us an answer. I, I good, like, Superman defending the, the virtue of his own existence. Yeah. Like going, a good yeah. kind of inspiring speech from Superman. And then maybe blow them up, but at least then you get the at least a payoff of some sort. Yeah, kind of just blows them up immediately, and there's like kind of a cool visual, like Zack Snyder nails visuals. Um, can't can't bash him on that one of the room blowing up and Superman realizing what had happened and realizing he couldn't stop it because he can't see through lead, and the thing was lined with lead because he got through a metal detector with it or something like that. Yep, and. <laughs> This was kind of the last draw for Batman, right? And that should have just led them to fight. Yeah. So <laughs> there's, there's there's factors that lead up to that, though. You know, this isn't enough. But Batman, like, gets ready to fight. He makes, a, like, a grenade launcher of kryptonite and a spear made of kryptonite. Yeah, we get a sweet training montage. It's a really sweet training montage. And it, like, really pumps you up for a fight. And you kind of see him start building the exoskeleton made famous, of course, by Dark Knight Returns, which is awesome. That's That costume is amazing. And, like, you don't need them both to need to fight each other, you know? 
You just yeah. need one to want to fight the other, and then that sets everything in motion. You don't need to bribe Superman into also fighting Batman. <laughs> and then is this where we have their first kind of kind of uh, meeting? No, that was a little early. We skipped right by that one. <laughs> oh, we went past that. Okay. That was the, yeah, the big Batmobile scene in the film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He kills a lot of people in that scene. He does. He just like, May, like maybe more goons. people than Batman's ever killed at once. They're they're goons. They don't matter. Let's just mow them down. And I'm not totally of the opinion. Like a lot of Batman fans are, like Batman should never kill ever. I would prefer my Batman to never kill, because that's kind of what he stands for. Don't don't use guns. Don't kill. He, he uses a lot of guns in this film. He uses all the guns in this movie. Batman loves guns. He loves killing people. Especially in that bizarre dream sequence, which I also have no idea why it's in this film. Did we skip past that too? We skipped past that too. I just realized that the desert Superman yeah, dictator I, I, scene. I, I like that scene, so we'll talk about that in a second. But Batman kills so many people with his Batmobile that it made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I could – if you sell me on it like you did in this movie where Batman is old, he's had enough of this. And he's he's kind of getting loose on his morals. All right. I would prefer Batman to kind of do the things that he did in Batman Begins where he's like, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm also not going to save you. He kills so, so, so many people. How, like the death count has to be like 30 in the Batmobile scene. Yeah. He uses plus, plus all a lot the of public property Batman. damage. Yeah. The kind of like focal point of the Batmobile in this movie is the big machine gun in the middle. Yeah. It's just dead center. The dream sequence, also very bizarre. I, I still don't know why that is in this film. I think Zack Snyder, we talked about Mad Max. I think Zack Snyder saw Mad Max and was like, I'm going to put Mad Max in Batman versus Superman. <laughs> well, Batman <laughs> wakes up in a dream. He's wearing a sweet, like, uh, trench coat. Yeah, it's a really cool costume. It's not very it suitable attire for, like, the desert, but. No, well, he's got goggles, I guess. <laughs> Keep the sand out of your eyes. So then he, he gets mauled by, like, a bunch of goons before Dictator Superman shows up. Yeah, Dictator Superman, which is, I mean, it seemed like it was straight out of Injustice, the video game turned comic, where Superman loses Lois Lane and becomes an evil dictator, where he, like, cops are, cops have the Superman logo on their uh, arms and whatnot. And it's a cool scene. Batman kills... Also, a ton of people in this scene, like, even more directly than the Batmobile scene because he just grabs a machine gun and shoots people in the face. Yes, he does. And then he gets captured. Superman takes his mask off, and he doesn't have the eye black on his eyes, and that bothered me. It, like, <laughs> it bothered me in every single Batman movie there's ever been. He, like, he does the, he does the heart trick from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom with Batman. And then Batman wakes up and sees the Flash. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the point of the Flash in this scene. Like, I kind of get what he. So the Flash like sh- wakes Batman up from his crazy dream by kind of appearing like in a lightning cloud, and he's screaming about Lois Lane being the key to everything. Yeah. And the Flash is wearing a terrible costume. Which I'm glad they didn't really go with that costume in Justice League because it's terrible and metal and uh, I don't know, man. The Flash didn't really have um, a very good idea of what he was going to say to Batman when he got to the past. 
<laughs> yeah, just like Lois Lane. And Batman's like, why did you say that name? Why? Why isn't he like Lex Luthor is pitting you against each other? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess because then he never would have met Batman, and he, he loves Batman. He's just a big Batman fan. So really, the Flash is the villain of this film. <laughs> kind of. You could spin it that way. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like too far of a stretch because of how crazy everything else in this, in this movie. That That is some clumsy world building, though, isn't it? It's Clumsy is actually the best word to describe Batman versus Superman. Clumsy. It feels, it feels like they have like seven million ideas. And instead of saying, what are the best ones? And we'll use them. It's like, how about all of them? Yeah, let's try to fit as many as we can in this movie, which was the bad call from everyone involved. Yeah, so we, we reached the stage where Batman is willing to punch Superman in the face, but Superman is not willing to punch Batman in the face. Yeah, and this is the will you bleed we're talking about now? That That's at the end of the Batmobile scene where oh, Superman yeah. just pops up yeah, and yeah. Batman crashes into He just into pops him. up. He pops up, Batman crashes his car into him. Batmobile goes flying, and he, Superman's like, stop being Batman. And Batman's like... No. <laughs> That's the scene. And they could have fought right there. Yeah, that would have been that would have been perfect. They're like they're, they had sufficient animosity toward each other to start punching each other in the face. Also, um Superman ripped the doors off the Batmobile. Do you think Batman had to drive home like with the roof down like just looking like an idiot? Yeah, it's just like ugh, it's like the walk of shame. Yeah, that's like a devastating ride home. You pull up at a red light next to someone and they're just staring at you and you're just Batman. There's memes on like Metropolis Twitter when you get your ass kicked by Superman. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be a part of Metropolis Twitter. That sounds like a really fun time. A I, not, not in this movie, like comic Metropolis Twitter. Sounds like a fun time. In this movie, it would sound like it would just be a bad time. Yeah, if you were in Metropolis Twitter in this movie, you would have died 18 months ago. Yeah, it's just like... Hashtag Superman blew up my house again. <laughs> <laughs> so so Lois is kidnapped by Lex then. And so is Martha. Yeah, he can, he manages to kidnap both of them pretty quickly. Superman really does not look after the people he loves. No, and it's like established so many times that whenever Lois is in danger, he's there like in an instant. He gets to Africa in an instant at the start of this bloody film. He gets to Africa in an instant, and then we don't know where the hell Superman is. He's, like, watching pro graps or something, and Lex Luthor throws Lois off a building, and he's there halfway down. Yeah. He was probably but, busy watching those those football games. Yeah, he was watching the football games, which also little Cyborg cameo in one of the football games. Was he? I didn't notice. Yeah, Cyborg was just a football player in one of the games. That's kind of a neat little. You see that? That's not clumsy world building. That's like nice little. Yeah, it's better than like cl- click on his file, man. We got a fifteen <laughs> second video. <laughs> Good for vines and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Basic, kind of all of the Justice League introductions could have fit on Vine. Yeah. Who did this, fam? <laughs> <laughs> um. So Lex kidnaps his mom and his girlfriend. Yep. And he, like, puts the mom in a warehouse, takes Lois up to the top of the building, explains to Lois that he's pitting Batman and Superman against each other. Why is he doing that? Because villains always have to explain their dastardly plots, I suppose. No, I mean, like, why is he pitting Batman and Superman together? Why does it matter to him? I I really don't know. 
Because he and wants he's so, to. He's like adamant that Superman has to kill Batman. Yeah. But he doesn't like Superman. Superman is his issue, but he wants Superman to kill Batman, I guess. Well, I think that he, he wants them to kill him. each other. But like he has Superman prone on a rooftop at one stage. Just stab him with some of your kryptonite. Yeah. Nothing in this movie makes sense. No. Um, so then he throws Lois off the building because he knows Superman will show up then. And then Superman is like, all right, like, I'll take you to jail or something. And he's like, no, check out these Polaroids. It's 2016. I took Polaroids of your mom. <laughs> I like the way he probably had to take the time to get them developed, put them, put, you know, put them in a dark yeah. room, stand there for a few, a few minutes. <laughs> and he's like, go kill Batman or else I'll kill your mom. Superman's like, all right, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he literally, it's, like, it's not like, now nah, I'll go find her. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you know where your mom is at every moment? But he's like, she's in a warehouse down the block. Go kill Batman. And he's like, that's a good point. <laughs> what? How do they work out where she is? Alfred finds her or something, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, Alfred finds her. Well, just ask Alfred. Why doesn't he just go to Batman? I suppose Batman wants to kill him, but still. Well, Superman Superman did go to Batman, so right after that scene, he, like, flies to Batman, and Batman lit up his own bat signal to show Superman where he was, and we see Batman, like, setting some traps along the way. And doesn't Superman initially say, like, listen, I'm not here to fight? Yeah. And Batman, like, shoots him in the face with kryptonite. (laughs) (laughs) Which Uh, is, so, from this point of the movie, like, the next ten minutes of this movie that we're talking about, amazing. Yeah, it's Batman versus Superman. They start punching each other. Yeah, we are seeing Batman versus Superman on a screen, and the fight could not have been handled better. Batman hit Superman with everything including the kitchen sink. He does hit him with the kitchen sink. <laughs> I never thought that I would see the day where Batman would shoot Superman in the face with kryptonite, kind of like he does in The Dark Knight uh, Returns, but it's Arrow, Oliver Queen, shooting a kryptonite bow and arrow that Superman catches and then it explodes just like this movie. And that weakens Superman. Superman goes to punch Batman and he catches the punch, which results in an awesome scene. Like, that's... Another great visual from Zack Snyder. Superman just being like, oh, God, this guy just blocked my punch. And Batman's like, yeah. Yeah, and Batman is, like, trying really hard not to, like, crack a smile. Do a little dance. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, I just blocked a Superman punch. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and they fight in this empty warehouse. Of course, there was no civilians around for this. And it was awesome. And then Batman rips a kitchen sink, or a bathroom sink, I guess, off the wall, and just slams it in the back of Superman's head, giving him super CTE. It was the most like. So I saw this movie. This is a little, uh, little, uh, I guess, braggadocious of me. Is that a word? Right, braggadocious. Probably. I think it is. I think I saw Cody Rhodes use it about his appearance on Arrow. And he is, um, he is the, the standard bearer of the English language. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw this movie a few days before it came out because I used to work in a movie theater. Ah. And watching this movie with a bunch of coworkers, and it, the movie started at like 3 in the morning. So watching it, and we're at like 5 in the morning now. 
seeing Batman rip a, a sink off the wall and just slamming it in the back of Superman's head resulted in a theater full of people bursting out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get that it wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> that's the funniest scene in the movie. Yeah, and it's, great. Just some, it's not like – it doesn't like take you out of the movie where you're like, come on, but it's like <laughs> – I mean, like a sink. Like, come on, what are you doing? It's the most, it's it's Superman's second kryptonite. Yeah, you're wearing an exoskeleton of like <laughs> the sturdiest metal, but you're like, I need this sink, and he hits him in with this sink. So he shoots him with so much kryptonite, and it weakens him so much that Batman has Superman beat. Batman goes over. Yeah, that's the thing here. Yeah, Batman, Batman wins. Goes over heavy. Fair enough. And, they do kind of go like a DQ double count out maybe toward the end, but like, yeah. But he gives him, I mean, we get the Frank Miller Batman speech where Batman is literally dragging Superman's almost lifeless body to a different part of this empty warehouse and just cutting a promo on him. Yeah. Like, yeah. want you to remember this day. I beat you. I'm the one that did it. Yeah. yeah. I am Batman. I just beat you. Oh, my God. That was so cool. <laughs> I hit you with a sink. <laughs> And then he grabs his kryptonite spear, and Batman, like we know and love, is about to murder Superman brutally in an empty warehouse. And here's the scene that broke a lot of people. (laughs) Because Superman goes, and his dying words are, Martha. (laughs) And that's a trigger for Batman. He triggered him. And Batman's like, why did you say that name? (laughs) And he won't stab him. (laughs) <laughs> because their moms are named the same. They're both named Martha. <laughs> Garrett, can I reveal something? Go on. I enjoy this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. In the theater, my coworkers were like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, 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 guys. He's like, that's going to make Batman humanize Superman and realize he's a human. And I went, saw the movie. I was like, that was a terrible movie, but I enjoyed it. And then I went on the message boards and, of course, just the terrible message boards because it's a a DC movie and people are either, it's the worst movie of all time or it's the greatest of all time, which it's neither. Uh, It's leaning more towards the worst, though. And people, some people were like, that was the worst moment in cinema history when Superman is like, Martha, and Batman's like... (laughs) All right, I guess I guess we're cool. <laughs> he dabs him up, um, <laughs> but I like it. Like I like that Superman, in his dying words, wants to save his mom, and it triggers Batman. And Batman's like, "Why are you? How, like, how, how do you know my mom's name?" And then Batman realizes in that moment, we get like a flashback, and Batman's dad is the comedian from Watchmen, and his mom is Maggie from The Walking Dead. And he realizes, like, oh, I'm doing this because my parents were shot. I don't want any more people to die, even though I killed, like, 60, 70 people in this movie. Yeah. It's all, it's Superman. Like, yeah, it's only people he knows dying. That's the problem. Yeah. Superman cares about his mom like I cared about my mom. Maybe this guy's all right. And uh, we didn't mention it, but the very start of this film is uh, the Waynes being killed. Yeah, which is interesting because we've never seen that before in a movie. Never at all. So it was nice to finally get that on the big screen. At least, at least it makes sense here. Yeah, you know, it, that's there for the Martha thing to come back later. We did get it twice in this movie. We did. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like when you open the movie with that, like everyone's like, okay, we get it. Like, you know, Uncle Ben. It's almost. Yeah, like I hope Uncle Ben gets killed like three times in the new Spider-Man film. Yeah, and I saw a great picture online, and it was like if, if uh, I don't know if I even mentioned this in the last podcast, I might have because I love it so much. But it's like if Zack Snyder made a Spider-Man movie, and instead of Uncle Ben saying with great power comes great responsibility, he's saying kill them all, Peter, kill everyone <laughs> come contact with. Lois comes out of nowhere, and she's like. It's his mom. Ben's <laughs> like, oh, all right. But she she requisitions a helicopter from the Daily Planet. <laughs> yeah. And, and Perry White's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, go get him. Do you think Perry White knows he's Superman? Perry White might know. It might be like Perry's trying to see how long Clark can go. <laughs> yeah. Letting him know. Because like she gives she, because you know when she asks for the helicopter, she gives him a look and it's like, oh, it's personal, and he's like. Okay, as if he yeah. understands. Well, he was there in Metropolis with the one woman that survived, and he was like, I'll keep you alive, like we <laughs> talked about on the last show. Yeah. But he's like, oh, it's your mom? She's in danger? Where is she? I'll save her. <laughs> and Superman's fine then, and we cut to Lex, and he is building the most unnecessary part of this movie by far. Uh, We're getting doomsday, everyone. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just like, ah, eh, sure, we, we need them to fight something afterward. Yeah, which is, doomsday is n- out of every Superman villain. You do not go with doomsday no. in the second Superman movie you're making. You go with doomsday maybe in the Justice League movie, if you're not going with Darkseid. Or you go in with, like I said about the Dark Knight Returns, go doing it after the Justice League, like Doomsday is after Justice League, because there's a great Doomsday story to be told that you definitely don't want to jump the gun on. And you don't get it here. <laughs> well, you don't get... I mean, you get the great Doomsday story, yeah. but they did it in 15 minutes, and it wasn't a great Doomsday story. No. And Doomsday is a secondary villain to Lex Luthor. He's just the guy that shows up at the end, because Lex can't yeah. punch anybody. Yeah, so Lex, I guess, was just preparing for his plan to terribly fail. Yeah. And he makes Doomsday out of the blood of Zod. And and himself. And himself. It's the weird love child of Zod and Lex Luthor. (laughs) Yeah. Wonder Woman is on a plane or something. She's like, I'm getting out of this city. I don't like this city anymore. Bruce Wayne might know who I am. Yeah. And she's and, like, oh, people are dying, the world is ending. Okay. Well, then she sees some files that we talked about. She sees the files that Bruce sent her. He's using, like, AIM. It's the weirdest email I've ever seen in my life because it's, like, he's emailing her, but it's, like, live update emails. Yeah. That made no sense. That put my brain in a pretzel. <laughs> um, He's like, who are you? Check out these files. <laughs> Help me. I'm building a team. And he goes to – Batman goes to save Martha, not his mom, Superman's mom, not to be confused. They have the same name though. That's very – yeah. I don't, I don't think Al- they brought that up. That's, that's... – Al- Alfred finds her like that, and we get an awesome Batman scene. The, the, the Batman scene is my favorite scene in this film. Yeah. It's the first time in this film. It's like Batman just gets the kick like 17 kinds of ass. 
Because you know, yeah, when he's driving through the streets shooting people in the Batmobile, it's like, oh, okay. And even when he's fighting Superman, it's like, eh. But this, this is where it's like Batman goes all out, like Batarang gadgets. Yeah, and he throws a gnarly rock bottom. Yeah. Through a crate. And this is like, it reminded me of, have you ever played the Arkham games? I played some of them. So, like, this is a scene out of one of those games. Yeah, where you have, like, you just come into running at you. Yeah, you just button mash. This was Batman button mashing, and it was amazing. <laughs> it's my favorite scene in this film. That scene is so cool. Yeah, and there are definitely are some brutal moments in it, like Batman getting <laughs> real angry. <laughs> like, he punches a guy, and that guy takes just a brutal neck bump from it. Yeah. Like, he, from a punch, he just spikes himself on his head. Broken neck, without a doubt. He, uh... Does he? What does he throw through one guy's shoulder? Is it a batarang? I'm pretty sure it's a batarang. Yeah. So he throws a batarang through someone's shoulder to post them up on a wall, and then to like end the room full of goons. He's kicking all ass while this is going on, and to like there's one last guy, and he takes him and he throws him into a wall, and it like destroys the wall. Yeah. It's an awesome scene. It's amazing. It is. And then he finally gets to the room where Superman's mom, Martha. Not Batman's mom, Martha. He's being <laughs> captured. And a guy's, like, holding a flamethrower to her, which is, like, Zach, we get it. This is a dark movie, but, like, you're threatening to set an old woman on fire. <laughs> what has gotten into you? Like, that might not even kill her either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... like she will be scarred. <laughs> it almost, like, I don't want to say it sounds worse than it is. Because it doesn't. It's. I mean, it's that dark. But when you put it all out in words, like we're doing right now, oh boy, this is this is some superhero movie you could take your kids to. Yeah. And he's like, "I'll do it." And Batman's like, "I believe you." And then he, Batman, takes a gun and he, and he shoots the back of the flamethrower to make it blow up. And he jumps on Superman's mom, Martha, not Batman's mom, Martha, and jumps on her. And we get a great comedy line where he's like, I'm a friend of your son's. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, I figured the cape. Like she, she was not traumatized at all from the kidnapping. It looked like they might have like beat her and then threatened to set her on fire. She was She's dropping one-liners. Com- she was straight comedy mode. She was just like, yeah, you're wearing a cape. We had, like, I, just, I just realized we, we skipped the Park Kent scene as well. Oh, yeah, hallucination. <laughs> if you want to throw that in there. Superman, and it's a decent scene. He talks to his dad like he talks to uh, Jor-El mm-hmm. in Man of Steel. Oh, this film seriously lacks some Russell Crowe. Yeah, it did. Maybe maybe bring him back for Justice League. He could have popped up and talked to Lex Luthor or something while he's trying to make Doomsday. Superman could have talked. What if <laughs> this, this would have been cutting edge if Superman sees Pa Kent in that hallucination? And then he sees Jor-El, and they're like, um, Superman, we have something to tell you. <laughs> We're in love. I, I'd be into that. And then it's like, whoa, DC, head of the curb, with homosexual characters. And then maybe this movie doesn't get as much flack, because it's like, oh, you know what, they're breaking down boundaries, good for them. Yeah, and you can do a, a Russell Crowe, Kevin Costner spinoff film, bit of a rom-com. <laughs> I would, I'd definitely watch that. I would, I would watch, watch that. a Jor-El, Pa-Kent rom-com. Yeah. Let's let's get someone to write that. Not Zack Snyder, because he would make that a very sad movie, but he would make <laughs> that would like a notebook. 
or, or or it would be like the notebook or like the fault in our stars where one of them has like cancer or alzheimer's or like a terrible disease one of them is and definitely zach, dying in the end yeah and zach is like this is how you write a rom-com right one of them dies in the end <laughs> so while that's going on doomsday shows up which was spoiled in the third trailer which like in the moment i watched the trailer and i heard a roar and instantly I was like, oh, Doomsday's in the movie. That's the greatest thing of all time. And then, like, it took me two seconds to be like, oh, that's, that's a bad idea. Yeah. That's, go- that's going to be a bad idea. Especially if, if they go with the most famous Doomsday Superman story ever in this movie. And they did it. Which is another one of those. We have all of these ideas all at once. Yeah. And that's my biggest gripe with this movie is that they wasted the spoilers death of superman yeah we get that big, it's such a waste we get the big scene where wonder woman shows up with her kick-ass theme and a bunch of good one-liners again yeah the whole is, is she with you no i thought she was with you good line great line batman like just being petrified of doomsday i, I love that i love every he's scene. totally useless against doomsday <laughs> yeah and he knows it too like he's like he's, he just doesn't know what to do He's like, I'm totally out of my depth here. Yeah, and he's just kind of following Superman and Wonder Woman's lead, and they are kicking ass. Yeah, and he's just kind of cowering kicking behind ass. them, hiding behind some rocks. Yeah, he's holding the gun. He's just, I don't know what he's doing with the gun, but he's, he's holding it to look intimidating, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a security blanket. And every time that they cut to Batman, it was kind of like well-placed, like the scene where he does the grappling hook, and then... The least subtle Frank Miller thing is when he grapples off the wall into the lightning bolt, and it's like, oh, that's literally the cover of the comic that this movie is kind of based on. So he's kind of just evading Doomsday while Lois is trying to get the kryptonite spear. Because how, how would she know that? I don't know. All right. I, I don't know. She knows about kryptonite. Maybe that was a talk that her and Superman had. He's like, if you need to kill me. And I guess she knew that Doomsday was also affected by that because Doomsday and uh, Henry Cavill look similar. Yeah, and she she knew full well he he was the love child of Lex Luthor and Zod. Yeah, and we get an amazing line in this movie from the one, the only Anderson Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) I said Batman hit and Superman with the kitchen sink. Funniest moment in this movie. This is actually the funniest moment in this movie. He says, downtown's been cleared out because the workday is over, folks. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> just, Nobody working just, overtime. No houses down there. The lion of all time. I was in New York City tonight until like 7 p.m. I assume no which, one was there. It was empty. Streets which, were abandoned. At 7 p.m., technically the workday is indeed over. Was, was the only thing you saw running through the streets a horse? It was just a horse, yeah. Like, no one was there, so Anderson Cooper, props to you for knowing when the workday is over, the city is evacuated instantly. <laughs> yeah, it says nighttime news corporate. Oh, please tell me. No, he probably doesn't work in New York, does he? Anderson Cooper? I think he does. Yeah, who works nighttime news in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> he does work nighttime news, yeah. The workday's over, though. <laughs> Thank God, folks. <laughs> That's great. That is just Andy Coover with the one-liner of the film. Yeah. Um, 
And Doomsday actually, like, the cool thing about Doomsday, it's a CGI mess, it is, but his, like, evolution from just kind of a, a big thing of goo to Doomsday, where he's growing spikes out of him, yeah. like, the more hurt he gets, that's a cool, you know, I would have liked to see that in a different movie, but it was cool to see here, I guess. Instead of just shoved on in the last, like, ten minutes. Yeah. And then Superman senses Lois in trouble because she trapped herself, like, under a building that fell on top of a pond that she swam in. <laughs> I, where did that water come from? <laughs> I don't know. It's just... just a bunch of water under this building. And I love the way Lois tries to save the day, fails, and needs to be saved herself. Yeah. Um, great message to young women out there yep. as you're promoting Wonder Woman as this very strong role model. Don't forget, if you're not an Aztecian god, you'll always have to be saved. And once again, Superman knows instantly when she's in trouble, but ah, uh, mom's in trouble. Nah. He hears her like he hears her like banging on the on the rock, and it's like she has a very distinctive banging rock. Uh, hey <laughs> Superman knows that all too well. Damn right um, he does. And he saves her, and then he goes and gets the kryptonite, and she knows that he's like maybe about to kill himself, and she's like. Don't do it, and it's a kind of emotional scene, or it would be if like there was any lead up to this. But it's just like you said, the final ten minutes of the movie are so thrown on and unnecessary that it's like that's I see what you're going for with the emotional scene where she thinks Superman's gonna die and he's like, You're my world, I love you more than anything. See ya. And then he like <laughs> Stabs Doomsday with the kryptonite, but Doomsday grows a spike nail. He didn't cut his fingernails, kills Superman with his fingernail. And then they both fall. And that's also a great visual that I would have loved to see in a different movie. But Realistically, Zack Snyder should just be director of photography for these films. Yes. Oh, my God. Do you realize if he if he did 300... And then was just the director of photography for the rest of the movies. Yeah. He would be considered like, the greatest director of photography of all time. Because he, he does have an eye for visuals and framing shots and making things look great. It's just yeah. his eye for plot, story, and substance are, are, are not nearly as up to par. Yeah. So Superman, dead guy. Yep. Or is he? As if, as if this movie just couldn't get any darker. Because Superman was never going to be in the Justice League. Yeah, they give us the false finish of Batman killing Superman. Yep. And then Doomsday comes in, finishes the job, and Superman also kills him, double count out. Lex Luthor gets arrested for, I guess, making a monster. Yeah. There's laws against that. Probably. And then, Does he actually do anything? I suppose he, he throws a woman off a roof. That's probably worth being yeah. arrested for. And he kidnapped uh, Superman's mom, Martha, not Batman's mom, Martha. Um. And then, like, Batman sees him in prison. They shave his head, so in the final scene we get, like, oh, you know, his head shaved. See? He's Lex. It's like, eh, he wore a terrible wig the whole movie. He wasn't really Lex. <laughs> Batman sees him. Like, the lights go out. Batman appears. Batman punches a bat hole in the wall. And then Batman's gone. Uh, Luther was, like, now something bigger is coming to Earth. You would think Darkseid he's talking about. I don't know how he would know. Maybe on that ship, Darkseid was like, tell your friends. Didn't something like appear to him on that ship? 
Something did, but it didn't look like Darkseid. No. Was that, was like that in the – I didn't remember that in the main film. I don't think that was. I think that was an addition because I think they released that – like the week the movie came out, I think they released that clip. Yeah. Yeah. So then Superman dies. We know that. They hold this funeral. They hold like a memorial. And coincidentally, Clark Kent is also dead. Yeah. No one, no one questions that at all. No, yeah, no one, no one's like, man, Clark sure did look a lot like Superman, and they both died, like just now. And that's not a concern to anyone. Mark Kent gives Lois a ring. Okay, this is also an issue I have that he very conveniently mailed. <laughs> so Superman mailed he UPS a ring to his house. Why he wouldn't just? If you're Superman. Why are you going to online order anything? Running back in about five minutes? Yeah. As far as he didn't do that in the middle of the fight with Doomsday, it's like, one minute? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to die here. Yeah, he could have. Wonder Woman definitely uh, was handling herself there. It's like, you, you got uh, this for five minutes, right? I think this is kind of a mean move from Martha Kent, if we're being honest. It's like, yeah, he was going to marry you, but then he died. Sucks to be you. Yeah, eventually tell her that. Definitely tell Lois, you know, eventually give her the ring. Maybe not the day of his funeral. That's that's cruel. Like, by the way, if he didn't die, here's your engagement ring. Yeah. Let's go bury him. <laughs> so then they go to the funeral and someone tells Martha Kent, Oh, private donor paid for the whole thing. And we're like, oh, yeah, Bruce Wayne. They cut to Bruce Wayne, and he's like, Diana, I'm assembling a team. She's like, okay. And then the like, they cut to the all the dirt being poured on Superman's dead body, and then the dirt rises. And it's like, I mean, yes, you didn't fool anyone with that. Superman is not dead. <laughs> like, they couldn't even go the rest of the film pretending he was dead. No, they couldn't. That, that would at least be a moment in the Justice League film when people are like, oh, he's not dead. Yeah. But it's it's not going to be a moment in the Justice League film because the Justice League promotional images were released and, like, Henry Cavill is tweeting the black Superman suit. Just can't wait to see him in dark colors. Yeah, never seen him in dark colors. No. It's going to be such a contrast. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when Spider-Man wears the black and it's like, whoa, that's so different. Are we going to have, like, Clark Kent obnoxiously walking down a street, bopping left and right and flicking his hair? <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> I really do hope so. That would be, that'd be something. That would be a podcast in and of itself. So that's Batman versus Superman. I'd like that's this Batman film more Superman. on rewatch. I still like this film. Yeah, it's terrible. It is. I mean... Upon rewatch, I realized how much worse it truly was, but I still like it. I'm pretty sure like there's a direct like fifty fifty split. You know, like yeah. half the film is pretty good, and then half of it is really god awful. Absolutely, that was the movie though. That's, I mean, we went through it, and I was a little after we recorded Man of Steel. I had a blast doing that podcast, but I was like, I hope people could follow that because we were talking about everything. Yeah, this one. Times two, 
but it's like, well, the movie brought brought it on itself. So <laughs> yeah. we are leaving some Sorry, stuff. Can't up. do we, anything about that. <laughs> we basically went through this film sequentially. Yeah. So if Forgetting you're confused, that's not our fault. There, but yeah. So there, there, there you go. <laughs> we'll talk about Suicide Squad next. It's less confusing, not better, but nah, maybe a little bit better actually. Well, less confusing is a plus. Yeah, def- no, definitely less confusing. This movie is very confusing. The film was a giant hit, in fairness. It made $873 million. It was a giant hit, but I think it was considered a failure because I think it was projected way over a billion. Yeah, I think they were disappointed it didn't break a billion. It's like Deadpool broke a billion. Yeah, and Deadpool had such a small budget compared to this movie. Yeah, this film cost $250 million. And this movie has the title Batman v Superman. And when both of those names are in the title, you should probably make a billion dollars. Yeah, those are two of the most iconic characters of the last century. So, And I think the negative reviews are to blame on the not bad, uh, not bad money this movie made, because it made great money, obviously, but... Didn't live up to expectations financially. Yeah, and it started out of the gate flying and then fell off a cliff. Yeah. Which, to me, suggests kind of bad word of mouth probably killed it. Could have been. You know, everyone went to see it, it like, in the first The Force Awakens, which came out a few months prior, and that movie was very steady because it got great word of mouth. Yeah, people went to see it, and I was like, this is great, you should go to see it, and I'm going to see it again. I saw that film three times. I saw it five. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it twice opening night, actually. Were you just like, I'm going again? Well, I went and saw it at the, you know, the first showing. is 7 p.m. Eastern here. Went and saw it. I was on the news because I was like the fourth person in line. I was in line for hours. Um, local news got me online. One of the nerdiest moments of my life. But my brother was working, and my brother and me have, like, shared this Star Wars fandom forever. My brother named his son Luke after Luke Skywalker. And he was working and couldn't get out until, he, like, 11 p.m. So I went and saw it at 7. Loved it. Drove over to another movie theater. Met him there and saw it again at midnight. Definitely took off school the next day. <laughs> you should because- prioritize your education, Robbie. <laughs> I will prioritize my education over many things. Star Wars is not one of them. In fairness, that film is worth it. Oh, it's so worth it. That is an amazing movie. That's how do you how do you rank maybe this is uh spoilers for a future podcast that you might do because I how can you do a podcast today without doing Star Wars podcasts? I've never done how anything do, on Star Wars actually. How do you rank the Star Wars movies? How do I rank the Star Wars movies? Um, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge, like, uh, it, it wouldn't be my, my go-to thing. But, um, I don't know. I, th- I actually think The Force Awakens is my favorite. I'm not going to call that a crazy opinion, because it's such a great movie. It, it really is. That's, that film totally takes a lot of boxes for me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's fair. It's interesting, because I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that. Anyone? Other than my sister, who has only seen The Force Awakens. Well, I, I go Empire, A New Hope, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. 
Um, very, very steady. Five, four, seven, six, three, one, two. Like I'd, I'd alternate between Empire and Force Awakens. So I, I'd, yeah, I'd go five, one, four. Or five, Wait, seven, what? four. Geez, not one. Oh. Good God. Good God. <laughs> I actually don't mind The Phantom Menace as, as like the prequel films go. Uh, it's definitely better than Attack of the Clones. It has Liam Neeson in it. Like, I think Phantom Menace gets too much credit for uh, being like the worst Star Wars movie just because it was kind of a shock to go from three amazing movies to that. So people always consider that the worst, but Attack of the Clones is the worst by far. Like, yeah. I really don't know how I'd write the prequel. Talk about children. dark. Talk about dark. Anakin killing the sand people, and then in the next movie, killing just kids, straight up children, toddlers. Because, because why not? Yeah, Darth if Vader. If we learned yes. anything, it's mass murder is cool. Yeah. So, uh, last time we talked about uh, Man of Steel and Titanic. Yeah. This time we talked about the Star Wars prequels and Batman versus Superman. I feel like Star Wars is a little closer to Batman than Titanic <laughs> is the Man of Steel. I think so, too. I'm interested to see uh, what we talk about when we talk about Suicide Squad. We'll probably go talking about, like, random Will Smith films. Wild Wild West. Oh, great. Great. Not great movie. Great movie to talk about, though. Yeah, I like most Will Smith films. Except that one he did with his son. That's terrible. Oh, I didn't see that. And I actively avoided that. I was yeah. offered a ticket, like, do you want to come see this movie with us? We'll pay. And I was like, okay, I'll take a rain check. Yeah. I've never seen, like, Will Smith is a tremendously charismatic man. He plays Will Smith in most of his movies. He does, and, you know, I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I like Will Smith. But that film, yeah. he's just staring blankly at the camera, literally the whole time. <laughs> it's like a hostage film. Yeah. Like, my son is making me do this. <laughs> he's good. Have you ever, did you follow Jaden Smith on Twitter? I don't follow him, but I've seen his Banana Land tweets. His, his, I don't know what goes on in that man's head. I loved the Will Smith quote where he said, I probably could have done a better job raising my kids. <laughs> like, uh, you think? <laughs> that should be the pinned tweet on his son's Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. His son has crazy tweets. Yeah. He's like, if you look in a mirror with one eye, does that mean you're deaf? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what <laughs> uh, I like his Karate Kid get a film I liked it a lot when it came out and never went back to it yeah I'd probably never watch it again but like Jackie Chan yeah yeah he's a good Miyagi he I mean I wouldn't remake that they did but I don't hate the casting of Jackie Chan do you hate the casting of Jaden Smith <laughs> Uh, no, because I enjoyed it when it came out. I'm sure if I went back to it, I probably wouldn't like it as much. But, like, I maybe I, I'm bothered a little bit by the casting of Jaden Smith just because I know how insane he is now. And there's also the, the main song is not You're the Best Around. It is a, a, a Justin Bieber song, Never Say Never. Oh, yeah. That is oh. a considerable step down. Oh, I might hate that movie now. Yeah. I just said the last time I watched it when it was out in theaters... I really enjoyed it, and I haven't watched it again. You bringing that up, I think I hate that movie. Yeah. I will never say never. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, oh, why'd they do that? Like, you're, you're the best around is an amazing song. Yeah, just, I mean, that's timeless. Use it again. Should, we should pay for the rights for that for Balor. 
God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I, great song. Don't think it fits his WWE character. The no, Demon probably King. not. It was awesome in New Japan, though. It's like, yeah! It was awesome in New Japan. It was amazing in New Japan. Also, quick side note. Um, I was talking to a coworker today about New Japan. Would have never expected this guy to be a wrestling fan in the slightest. He, his profession is that he writes blogs about dating and Tinder and all of these dating apps and a very sexual content. And he came into work wearing a NATO hat today. Los Nope. Yeah, I didn't see. That's why I called it a NATO hat because <laughs> not even gonna try. I, like I could barely say. Is it is it NATO? Is it NATO? It's NATO. Like yeah. NATO. Okay, yeah. So I could barely say that. I'm not even gonna try with that other word. In in Calburneris. Yeah. yeah, I did German in school. It's not my fault. <laughs> so that was like crazy to me it is weird the randomers you'd, you'd see it's like how how do you like wrestling how is how's that a thing that comes into yeah, your usually, world but usually the the randoms are like oh yeah like i keep up with wwe yeah. this guy was like nope pwg progress new japan yeah I, I walked past a guy in the street the other day and he was wearing a pwg shirt it's like who are you <laughs> yeah that's that's i've never seen a pwg shirt in the wild it's like, why don't you follow me on Twitter? We live in the same city. I'm a very influential Irish wrestling fan. <laughs> the most in- influential. Hey, I got nothing on Rovers. You have, you have definitely turned more people onto TNA than <laughs> TNA has, has themselves. Yeah. I'm not sure is that a good thing though. <laughs> it might be. Like, you introduced a lot of people to like check out this thing. It's about to die. <laughs> Get emotionally Maybe. invested and then allow it to crush you. I'm basically the Zack Snyder of pro wrestling. Yeah. Here's the thing you <laughs> might like. Now it's dead. That was a that was an amazing segue. That that is a segue to an outro right there. Do you have any plugs, Robbie? Uh at that Robbie Fox on Twitter. That's just about it. Yeah, follow Robbie. You have more Twitter followers than me, I think. I might I I have some I I got a wave of them from my new job at Barstool Sports. Yeah. You have a stronger so, hashtag brand than I do. I think I think Barstool's definitely helping me. Someone I was I was waiting to catch a train today, and someone said, "Intern Robbie," and I was like, "What? What? what? And uh, I took a picture with one of the readers. Yeah. So, so very, is that very, very, very strange? Do, do, should I build this podcast as as Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice with Intern Robbie? You could if you want to. I guess is that like the official prefix to your name now? It might be. <laughs> I don't know. You could, yeah. I should probably change my uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, intern Robbie. All right. You should <laughs> have your your official role be changed to Young Boy. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll you know what? I'll change it by the time this comes out. My my name on Twitter, my handle will be at that Robbie Fox. My name will be Intern Robbie. It better be. Thanks for coming on the show, Robbie. We'll be back for for Suicide Squad eventually. Of course. When's that out on DVD? Soon, I think. And yeah. guess what? Oh, does it have an extended edition? It's got an extended edition. Yes. <laughs> How much longer? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully not too much longer. <laughs> not an extra half hour onto a two and a half hour film. Yeah. So look forward to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
You can listen to new episodes of podcast today every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe by searching for the TWS Network on iTunes or subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Gidney, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.